Welcome to the Future of Customer Service Podcast. I'm Andrea Paulton from Inventa, and I will be interviewing customer support and service professionals to see what is currently working well, what issues they're trying to overcome, and the future success of customer service. Hello, today we have the CEO and founder, Jordi Torres from Inventa. Jordi, thank you so much for being here. You are on your own podcast. How are That's you? Right. That's right. Thank, thank you, Andrea. And so, and so happy to be here. And thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah, so I thought we'd do a little bit um, different questions this time, because since you have been in AI for a very long time, you found your own company, there's going to be some questions that I have for you that are going to be a little bit different than I ask our customer service guests. So you ready? I am. Let's go for it. Okay. So how did you get started with artificial intelligence anyways? Where did it all begin? Well, I started in college with uh, learning with artificial intelligence as um, I'm a a computational uh, um, scientist uh, by, by, by training from the University of Barcelona. And I got specialized in artificial intelligence. And that was in the 80s. Can you believe that? That's been, <laughs> been a long and a long time. So things like uh, neural networks or expert systems or genetic algorithms, that was the, the hot thing back, back then. And uh, what I learned is essentially artificial intelligence is a set of software or hardware techniques that allowed to do things that were not possible to be done before. This is what artificial intelligence is. Is this is this area, this border where several tasks can only be done by humans and then computers can take over. So that's artificial intelligence, which means that is dynamic, that is constantly growing. In in the past, when I was studying, uh, software was able to effectively and uh, with good quality play chess was considered artificial intelligence. And now it's just an app in your iPhone and nobody thinks about that anymore. But um, that's exactly what happens artificial intelligence is once it works, nobody calls it artificial intelligence anymore. Yeah. So when you were studying it in the 80s, did you guys foresee what it would be like today and how literally everybody uses AI without even knowing it? Well, uh, one of the areas of AI that I was studying is uh, neural networks. And uh, I, I was, uh, I, I remember working on that with uh, the Microsoft personal computer with an 8086 with eight bits and 640K bytes of information. It was very limited and uh, it was very promising, but it's totally abandoned. So I would have never said that such a, such a, a boom would kind of come back nowadays with the deep learning and machine learning and, and all this kind of rediscovery of the concept of, uh, of uh, neural networks. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Other things like uh, expert systems or genetic algorithms have been abandoned. Who knows, maybe they'll come back when new techniques and new software and the new, new technologies is, is discovered or developed. Yeah, so you graduated. Where did you work? What, did you, what was your first job? Well, um, of course, after graduating, my preoccupation was to find a job. So I was studying, I was working as consultant, software developer, 
software analyst for several consulting businesses. Um, I was so blessed to be uh, invited by my older brother uh, back in the 90s already to start uh, um, our own business. So we developed that business for, for several, several years and, uh, and we sold that business in 2004. Uh, it was a great, a great project. My brother was uh, had enough and all that. I said, "Well, you know what? I am retiring. Uh, I'm the youngest of five siblings. That's oh, what I'm wow. talking about. My oldest brother." So he said, "Okay, it's good. I, I am retiring." So and then uh, it was by myself. Said, so, "Okay, we sold that business. Let's start something else." And that's how Inventa started. Where where did the name come from, Inventa? Oh, that's a good question. Well, if you look at the verb in English invent to invent something uh and in spanish would say would be in, in inventa but you know in, in spanish b and v sound the same so many spaniards and many uh, spanish-speaking folks uh would make that mistake when 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 typing the word so it's actually a misspell so the word the word inventa is a misspelled version of the, the idea of to invent or to, to create with, with your imagination. So that's that's how we started with a misspell. I never asked you this. It took me, what, nine months of working <laughs> to ask you this. All okay. right, you got it. And also back in time, the inventa.com domain was available. So that was another, <laughs> another reason. <laughs> oh, I know, it's so hard to find that. So what made you start Inventa? So did you see like a hole in the markets, marketplace? Did you, did you want to buy something and you couldn't? So you made it yourself. Where did this come from? Why did you do that? Well, I started Inventa to kind of put um, together um, creativity and uh, talents into helping customers with um, one specific mission, which was finding information. And that's how we started. And in reality, when we started Inventa, we were not a software company at all. We were a consulting business and we were helping our customers with search engines and uh, lexicons and uh, taxonomies and uh, synonyms and all these things, trying to make existing search engine technology be more intelligent. And that's what we realized a few years into the into the story of Inventa when we were, as I said, basically a professional services and consulting business is that is, is not possible. You cannot take an existing keyword-based search engine and make it, make it intelligent. That is not possible. So we had a great team of specialists in search technologies. Uh, we had a fantastic team of computational linguists who knew very well about how to model language and then we envision, hey, what if we create sort of a search engine, but that instead of using keywords, it uses meaning. So a way to search meaning. So we say, okay, we can build a software that essentially takes the user question, takes the content, computes the meaning, and try to match that meaning. Not the words, but the meaning of these words. That's how the, the idea of our search engine was created. And that's how we basically transitioned from being a consulting business and a professional services company into a, a software company and more uh, um, specifically as a software as a service. So fast forward to today, who are some of the clients? What kind of solutions does Inventa serve up to these clients? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have, we started in, uh, I'm originally from Barcelona. So uh, as you might imagine, most of our, uh, the most, uh, the oldest customers that we have are in Spain. Uh, we extended in France. So we have, we have a lot of presence in Europe with companies like Allianz or AXA or BBVA that are using our technology. We started working in, with Brazil, with, with Portuguese, because one of the things that we realized is actually our software is not subject to borders in terms of countries, but languages. Language is really the, 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 the idea that makes us grow into, into different territories. And uh, then I decided to go to the, to come to US. I came here with, with my family to start business globally. And, and in the US or so now companies like uh, Groupon or, or DocuSign or Pinterest, they're some of our, our customers and they use to, our technology to, base, to, to basically help um, their customers to locate answers more quickly. That's, that's essentially what we do. So let's talk about artificial intelligence a little bit. So you've been obviously studying it since the eighties, you've been working in it forever, really. <laughs> <laughs> what right. makes good AI and what makes bad AI? So I believe that what makes, what really makes bad AI being a bad, bad, bad is overpromising and, and hype. And uh, when, when you see um, these kind of things out there and uh, in some cases it's just, well, I guess journalism. So you, you, you need sensationalist uh, news out there kind of claiming uh, fantastic uh, achievements from 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 AI well I kind of I mean I could understand that when you see in some cases companies uh, with some claims that you say man that's it's not true that's not not really this is not really happening um, then I believe that's kind of uh, more more dangerous it is dangerous not because it might hurt any, it might hurt anybody. It's, it is dangerous because at the end of the day, it creates a delusion. And then when real companies are starting to use that, they say, "Well, that's not the magic that we were promised." That creates uh, um, frustration, and that frustration then creates uh, what we call the AI winter. And uh, by the way, you you say that they've been working with AI forever. Well, it was basically in the '90s. There was Believe it or not, there was also a boom in AI, and uh, after that, you know, the what we call the AI winter arrived, which was a general uh, dissatisfaction and a general impression that well, AI would not would not work, and it it hasn't been until recently that AI is gaining momentum again. But in reality, uh, this this AI winter uh, took very much uh, a decade to, to, to kind of be, be uh, um, totally, totally, totally gone. And I believe that's the risk is when, when uh, you go into, into over-promising on what the technology is able to do, um, that's, that's a real risk because uh, you, know, you, you enter in a number of promises, uh, sometimes fueled by the science fiction uh, you know, books and movies and, and uh, and uh, whatnot. So that, that's what kind of sometimes uh, makes the, this industry a little bit frustrating. But on the other hand, when you see a real progress and you say, okay, we know we, we don't have general AI. We, we know that general AI, Andrea, would be when uh, you have an, an artificial intelligence that is as capable of do 
any task as a human would be able to do. That's the general AI. Well, that doesn't exist, period. Specific AI, uh, specific AI is when you have specific um, artificial intelligence systems that is able to do specific tasks kind of as good as a human would do that specific AI. And this is, uh, this is, this is what, what the, the field, what we are. And, um, you know, kind of uh, the, the, to, to see the, the general AI, we are, we are not there yet. Yeah. So you, you touched upon this. Um, you were talking about some misconceptions about AI, like, you know, that it can so, so solve everything. And we know that it can't, we're not, we're not there yet, or we might never get there. What are some other misconceptions that people have about AI? Well, I believe that um, maybe not in the last months, but uh, maybe last year, there was a lot, a lot of, uh, of uh, information circulating uh, out there that AI w could be dangerous, dangerous to, to the humankind. And somebody said, uh, some brilliant mind said, well, that's the, 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 the biggest danger that uh, humankind is, is facing. I believe this, these claims are preposterous for, but, but by, by the reasons that I, that I tell you. Assuming that uh, an AI can actually come and become uh, dangerous because the AI might want to survive or might want might, might see humans as as uh, competitors or these these things that are you know the 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 story of thousands thousands of of, uh, of uh, science fiction movies is far from reality and I believe that misconception really comes from confusing intelligence with will I mean you maybe you are intelligent but existing or not it doesn't really matter and and that's what ai what if we have an ai that is able to think but it has no particular desire to live or not live or simply doesn't care that's the kind of ai that we will build is a tool is a tool that will liberate humans from doing repetitive and boring tasks um, and we will it will give us the, the freedom to use our fantastic human brain uh, do things that are really great like art or music or inventions or science or so many uh, aspects where we humans are pretty good and we can we can live the most boring stuff to be done over and over again by AI because guess what AI will not get bored and it really doesn't care it doesn't feel pain it doesn't feel joy is just uh, is just uh, is just a machine so maybe we'll have to get used to the idea of intelligence without conscience, intelligence without feelings. Uh, it's, it's weird to think that way, but we're going to see that more and more. I love all those sci-fi shows like Battlestar Galactica is one of my favorite ones. And it always Fair. is the same thing. Yeah, AI gets smart and has feelings and has will and they destroy everything. Correct, correct. I, I love, I love uh, horror movies and I, I love... I love these movies where there are ghosts and, and houses get haunted and all that, but I don't believe in it. I would never feel terrified by that because, you know, there are, I don't believe there are any ghosts, but still I like the movies. So same, same thing here. <laughs> so let's talk about customer service and how AI helps customer service. A lot of our listeners are in the customer service space, um, either, you know, director, VP, that type of level, or they are customer service agents. 
how does AI help their lives and their departments out? Absolutely. Especially Inventa's AI. I want to talk about the solutions that Inventa has that helps customer service. Absolutely. Um, so very much during the 90s, we saw the proliferation of um, call center or, or now what we call it um, contact center. So sometimes it's a place physically crowded sometimes with folks in it answering phone calls. That, that's kind of the idea when we, we think on, on, the, on, on a call center. And for, for many years, that was exactly what it was. And then what happens is every, every person working in this call center has a computer, has a phone, and, and uh, gets calls. Now, every person uses that computer to do something with the system. They change the password, they assign a refund, they, can, they change your address, they, they do things. And in reality, if you think about it, the number of things that every call center agent is able to do is limited. You, you call a call center for you know, a big company and you ask, uh, sorry, what is, the, what is the average speed of a cheetah? And they will say, well, I, I don't know. And I'm not here to answer these kind of questions. What they are able to do is essentially understand what a customer wants with their, their human brain and translate that question into something that the system can do, the system that they work on, because that's what they can do. They, there's nothing else that they can, they, they can do for a customer that cannot be done with that terminal. So if you think about it, if you think in these terms, what is happening is the only thing that a call center agent is doing is transforming human language, which is questions and concerns and, and remarks from their customers into digital actions that the system is allow them to do. So that's, that's what they do. And, uh, and our AI is saying, well, if that is exactly what they do, can a machine do that? In order to do that, well, it seems easy, but it's not because everybody calling speaks English, Spanish or whatever, natural language that they, they do. And uh, it's not easy at all for a computer to understand that. Computer can understand the comments and the menus and whatnot that call center agent is doing, but it's not understanding what the real question is. Our, our system is doing exactly that translation. Take user questions and transform those user questions into digital actions, or at least doing this for 80 or 90% of the incoming calls. So actual call center agents will be able to do more difficult tasks and tasks that require more value added and a human touch or, or a more, more complexity. So this is what we do for our customers. We essentially help them uh, find ways to, for, for their customers to, 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 find, to find information and get effective very quickly online, with a phone, WhatsApp, text message, and any digital channel. Yes, love that. That's, yeah, that's a really good explanation. I love that. Tell me, Jordi, what do you think is going to be the future of AI? Like, where are we going with all this? And maybe let's talk first in the customer service space. What's the future there? And then let's go like into fantasy land. Like, where is AI going um, like in the future, future? 
but I'm going to talk about customer service folks first. Like, what are they going to be expecting? What's the future there? Well, imagine, Andrea, that you call uh, because you have to a call center for a specific company. And immediately you get an answer. And you get an answer over the voice or a chat or on your phone and whatever you want. And immediately someone is answering your questions, is understanding what you say and giving quick and effective answers and actions to what you want without uh, any need to wait or any need to repeat or any need to be transferred to another agent. And or in, in fact, you get those answers in a way that is indistinguishable from what an actual human would do. If you would really don't know and not care, if you are talking or chatting with a machine or a person because your, your call was, was solved. Imagine that this is the kind of future that we are building at Inventa. We want to make this customer service through AI indistinguishable from human. So that, that's the service uh, and that's the, the, the future when, when it comes to, to, to customer, customer service that we want to see. Yeah, it'll, As make, per, it'll make life easier for the customers, for customer service agents, for everybody. I love that. Exactly, exactly. So let's, let's talk about outside of customer service, where do you think the future as a whole of AI is going? Well, let's say, um, let's say, let's say this, let's say, okay, the, the intelligence of a fly, let's put it that way. Is, so the intelligence of a stone is zero. We agree on that, right? <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> okay. Okay. The intelligence of a human is 100. Let's put it that way. Okay. In this, in this space, from zero to 100, uh, well, if zero is a stone, hey, computers are more intelligent. We are, we are getting, we are making progress. So we are like at one or two. Then you start, you know, analyzing other organisms like a fly, a mouse, a dog, a chimpanzee, a human. There are different, different numbers on, on that. We at this point are at 10 very much. That's exactly what we are. First, there's no gen general AI, as I said. They're only able to solve specific, specific problems. And in reality, um, those those problems are not that complicated for a human. And let's let's talk for a, you know for a bit about customer service again. It is known that the the industry of, of call center is uh, is plagued with. Um, um, now there's there's a lot of, of, of employees that work in a call center temporarily they want to work on something else they're they don't not you know they don't plan to work in a call center forever because it is boring and that's exactly the solution so what is what is a boring job a boring job is a job that does not require your full attention your full intelligence your full capacities you only use for eight or hours of work or four or whatever you work just a smaller part of your brain and then the rest has nothing to do and that's when boredom shows up and that's what that's a kind of, of job that you don't want to have so let's let's computers take that part and let's free humans from working on on what they want so that's kind of the the future of ai that i see is in which areas uh, humans get bored and uh, and let's remove them from 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 our our existence uh, forever that's that's what what ai 
uh, it comes comes into into effect. If you look at how humans evolved over, you know, maybe I don't know, few hundred thousands of, of years, um, starting using animals to do our work, that was a great invention because you know what, a horse or a cow, this you know this, these guys would would do you know what they have ten times our force. So let's let's use them. But then the industrial revolution arrived and say, well now. We can actually get better than these than these uh, horses, and we can have one machine that is so much powerful that my horse. We still today call about um, uh, horses to measure power of a machine, right? So, so still, still today. So, it's, it's we measure in horses, um, but now we have the capacity to create machines and software and technology that is able to um, do what we have still we have to do with our brain. And this is where AI comes in, is, a st is a still replacing things that we have to do over and over again and freeing us from doing, doing other things. So I believe that AI will be the next industrial revolution. I don't know how that's going to be called, but, but is, is when, when we'll be able to build systems that, that, that really do what we don't want to do because it's boring. And, and I, I believe that that will... Um, multiply the capacity. Imagine, imagine all these, all the brains and all the humans in the world being free to do whatever they want, to create, to experiment, to, 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 to do arts or science. Uh, what that, that will happen is it will effectively accelerate the progress of the, of the human um, race. And, you know, that's, that's what I believe. A human, the AI is not here to, to, to drag us down is here to help us to progress even faster. Oh, that's so that's so beautiful. AI is not here to drag us down, but to progress even faster. We're going to end with that, Jordi, because that was All a right. really good soundbite. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast was brought to you by Inventa. Inventa Symbolic AI implements natural language processing that requires no training data with Inventa's extensive lexicon and patented algorithms. Check out this robust customer interaction platform for your AI needs, from chatbots to search to knowledge centers and messenger platforms. Just go to our website to request a demo at inventa.com. That's I-N-B-E-N-T-A dot com. And if you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Thank you.